welcome to the Your City Podcast, where we get to know our neighbors so that we can be good neighbors. I'm your host, Aaron Williams, and we're going to be starting our third season of the show, focusing on Dover, New Hampshire. Recently, my wife and I moved from Alabama to New Hampshire, and we settled in Dover. So I thought it would be a good idea to you know, take this opportunity, get to know people, and make a season of the show while I get to meet people and you guys can get to hear those conversations along the way. And just to give some information about Dover so that you guys can kind of like, uh, you know, get some facts and, and some information about it. It's located in Stratford County, New Hampshire, along the seacoast, has a population of around 32, 33,000, something like that. It's got a nice walkable downtown area and then uh, a larger a larger, it's actually a pretty big city if you look at the size of it, but the walkable downtown area is, that's where we spend most of our time because that's where we live. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are actually from Dover. They were created here, uh, I think back in the 80s. And people are actually pretty excited and proud of that. Multiple people who I've talked to along the way have like mentioned that to me and they're like, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are from here and they get they get very excited about it. We have a couple of guests on the show that I think are going to be really really awesome conversations to listen to. The deputy city manager is one of them. He is doing a lot for the show. He has his own podcast which we'll talk about. Um, there's a local pinball arcade and we're talking with the Arts Commission always. We talked to a local charity, this time the Dover Children's Home. And we're trying to, as always, trying to cover a broad range of people to get snapshots from different locations around the city so that we can share those conversations with you guys. And you guys can get to know more about how Dover functions, what's what Dover is offering, and where you can get involved in the community. So. Still focusing on community, but we are going to be changing some things in the show. Primarily, what we're, one thing that we're changing is the sponsorship segments. To be honest, I, I don't really like doing the sponsorships. I always looked at them as a way to find local businesses, get local businesses to have an opportunity to shout out themselves, you know, like... Buy, buy a sponsorship segment, get mentioned in the podcast, and kind of like still trying to focus on that community vibe. vibe. And I really just, I always felt bad if I didn't get enough sponsorships. And I didn't really enjoy having to like hunt down sponsorships. It was just like another task to doing the show. So like before I could get an episode out, I'd have to worry about whether or not I had a sponsorship for it. And I just didn't like that. So instead of doing that, I was trying to rethink what can we do to capture that same spirit of giving an opportunity for local businesses and local people to have a shout out in this in the show. That way that way, yeah, I'm interviewing, you know, eight to 10 people on the show, but we're also mentioning, you know, more than that. So we're going to do a shout out segment where I ask my guest 
to give a shout out to someone that they think deserves it in the city. That way you can hear from the people who live here what they think is worth recognizing, what they think is worth highlighting. And I, I really hope that that accomplishes a similar uh, outcome to what I was trying to do with the sponsorships without the hassle of me having to hunt down and convince people to sponsor an episode. So that's probably the biggest change. And another change that I want to do is with this introduction episode. I'm sure you've noticed already this introduction episode compared to other introduction episodes is actually a lot longer. And that's because I want to, I want to talk more about the theme of the season, why I chose that theme for the season and a little bit of my thoughts on it. Historically with this show, I really didn't, I didn't want to be a voice on the show. I just wanted to interview people and let what they have to say be what the show is about. But I realized kind of along the way that I'm going to be including these themes and I need to kind of give a reason and explain why this theme is important to the show's theme of community. Why that theme was selected. And so I want to give a little bit of insight on why I'm choosing these themes and maybe a little bit of, you know, why I think it's a, what I think is an approach to it. Cause it, it the, the theme is always a question that I'm going to ask of my guest of like, Hey, how can people do this and maybe give a little bit of uh, what I think could be valuable there. So our theme for this season is how do you build bridges with people and overcome disagreement? And the reason I chose that theme, if you look back on our episodes with the city councilor in Gardendale and the, and the two city councilors in Homewood, in both of those, we touched on disagreement and it kind of was a little bit of the nature of being on a city council is navigating disagreement and coming to a decision, right? So it was natural. That was a natural area for that question to come up, but disagreement happens in more places than that. And, and, you know, if you look around the country, there's a lot of disagreement out there. And I feel like people aren't navigating disagreement effectively. And that's what I wanted to talk about is navigating disagreement in a way that is productive and not destructive. Because, you know, disagreements can divide people. They push people away. They can create gaps in your community if you let it. So the first thing that I needed to do, I feel like, is validate disagreement or navigating disagreement. Like, why do we, why do we have to have disagreement? Why is it there? Why is it valuable to have? So disagreement is like a feedback. If you never get any feedback, you cannot improve yourself, right? So if every single person agrees 100% all the time, then 
there is no measure of feedback and you don't know when you're making a mistake and you don't know if you're making a decision that is not going to be beneficial. You need that feedback. You need different perspectives and you need people to have that voice and need to be able to consider it. The navigation of disagreement is the, that's the challenge. The goal is not to have everybody agree. That's not the goal. That's a fantasy world. You're not going to achieve that. You're not going to get to a place where everybody agrees. And just like I described, I don't even think that that's a valuable place to go. But we have to be able to navigate disagreement so that we can settle our differences in a way that everyone feels heard, in a way that everyone feels like they were considered, and in a way that builds confidence. That's that's really the goal is to facilitate cooperation, right? Like that's 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 what communities are doing. They're cooperating together. And and that's what that's what we're trying to do when we are navigating disagreement is we want to cooperate better. So I want to give some examples of why you can't escape disagreement. So if you look at, and I, I know a lot of people think in terms of red versus blue or, you know, Republican versus Democrat or whatever other parties that you want to, you know, associate or throw into the mix. If you look at an area that's like, oh yeah, this area is solid blue or this area is solid red, the margins on that are like 60, 65%, you know, sometimes 70. That means that means that there's a large percentage of people there who don't agree with that, right? So there's disagreement, even in the strongest of areas, like, oh man, this place votes 70% one direction. Yeah, that's a lot of agreement, but that's also a lot of disagreement, right? Like 30% is a pretty large number of disagreement. So even in areas where you feel like, oh, there's a lot of people here who agree, you still have those people that you need that you need to hear, that you need to listen to because they're people in your community, right? And let me take an extreme example. Washington DC in 2020 Washington, D.C., the city, voted 92% Democrat and 5% Republican. And you may hear that and you're like, oh, wow, that whole city votes the same way. They all agree. 5% is one out of 20. One out of 20 people disagree with the results of the vote, right? One in 20 is... I mean, how many people do you encounter at the grocery store? How many people do you see when you go to the park? How many parents have kids in the school that your kids attend? Probably more than 20, right? So you're going, even in an area that has 92% the same, the same like political persuasion, you still have disagreement. It's going to be there. And you can't get away from it. And you've got to learn how to navigate that. You've got to learn how to build bridges with people so that we can cooperate better, so that we can be better neighbors, 
right? Like that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're trying to do is promote community and promote cooperation. So again, the challenge is not to get everyone to agree. The challenge is to be able to embrace each other in the face of disagreement. Even if we disagree, we still need to be able to care for each other. That is the true challenge. So that's why I chose the theme for disagreement and how to overcome it. And, and now I want to validate a little bit of why disagreement is, of in some ways, why disagreement is helpful and healthy. There, there's a place in Arizona where like they, they have like a biosphere and they close it off and it's like a contained ecosystem. Well, they at first had problems with their trees. Their trees would grow rapidly and then fall over and collapse. And it turns out that the trees needed wind. They needed something to cause stress. They needed something to bend the trees so that they could become stronger. And the same thing happens in our bodies when we work out. When you work out, your muscles are undergoing stress. They're breaking down. But they, re they rebuild themselves back stronger. And relationships are, in some ways, kind of like that. Because you, even if you're married, <laughs> you're never going to be in a marriage that doesn't have disagreement. And when you go through... When you go through that disagreement and you come out the other side of it and you still care about each other, you're stronger now. You have been through that turmoil. You're, you're strengthening your relationship with each other. The fragility is being pushed aside and you're embracing that strong relationship that you need. So that, that's another reason why I think disagreement and navigating it successfully is so important is because it strengthens relationships between people, you know, and relationships are complex things. And yes, I 100% will acknowledge trees can break, muscles can tear and relationships can fall apart. You obviously don't want to do too much stress, but this, this world of no stress, this idea of stress-free relationships is is not desirable and we need to we need to be able to strengthen each other and sharpen each other so that's that's a reason why i wanted to talk about that and i wanted to also give an approach that i have found some value in when it comes to arguing or debating or talking to people so if you've ever heard of the logical fallacy, you know, if you're having arguments or debates, there's, there are things called logical fallacies that are basically where you're not arguing an actual point, you're arguing something else, and so your logic isn't adding up. Well, there's one called a straw man fallacy. And the straw man fallacy is where you take somebody's argument and you make it seem ridiculous, and then you present that as their true argument. And what you're doing there when you do that is you undercut what somebody is saying. So you're showing that you're not actually listening when you do the straw man argument and you're, you're just trying to win at that point. An example of a straw man argument 
would be something along the lines of, uh, I like, you're talking to somebody and you say, I prefer cats over dogs. And then they say, oh, so you hate dogs. That second part, that is a straw man. That's the straw man argument of like, you took what they said and you turned it into something that's not what they said. That's making a straw man. Well, there's a technique called steel manning, which is the opposite of the straw man. It's where you take somebody's argument and you make the best case for it. So if somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I prefer cats over dogs. You take that and you say, oh, so you must love cats. You reinforce their argument because what you're doing when you, when you, when you are able to communicate back to somebody their points, the points that they are trying to make in a way that they agree with, you're reinforcing your relationship with them. You're telling them, I have heard you, I have considered you, and I understand you. That, that's what you're communicating. And that's that tactic of repeating back what you believe somebody is saying in a way that's honest, in a way that they would agree with. It's, it's not always easy to do, and it really makes you have to see the other side's argument. You, it really forces you to understand. So steel manning, I think, is a great way of approaching uh, a disagreement, of trying to, trying to make the best case for an argument. You know, I mentioned a couple of things there. I mentioned about building trust and I mentioned about making them feel understood and things like that. And, and that's another thing that I want to highlight that is important to consider when you're talking to people. And I, I got this message from a leadership, a leadership academy that I went to um, a while back. One of the speakers there was talking about how when you're talking with somebody, when you're communicating with somebody, you are making them feel something, right? So when people are talking to you, you feel something. And, and the same thing is happening when you talk to other people, you're making them feel something. And I'm not saying that you should try to make people feel this or that. I'm just saying you need to be aware of that. Being aware that the way that you're interacting with people and what you're saying and how you're communicating is, is affecting other, the, the way other people feel. That's another really good one to just keep in mind. So with that said, our theme is going to be building bridges. And we have a lot of people that I'm excited to share the conversations with you. Really looking forward to it. And I hope that you enjoy it. So go ahead, get out there, go meet your neighbors so that you can be a good neighbor. <laughs>